Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. I promise I will make it quick. Uh, again, I just want to... Yeah, we have some great students. And parents, grandparents, church members, thank you for, again, for investing in these students. You can tell that they have been raised in the right direction. And I, I thank you for that. So if you'll just give me a few minutes of your time... I just want to address these students, these graduates, but adults, don't tune me out. Because what I'm about to speak about also applies to us and our walk as believers and Christians also. The title of this sermon is Guidelines for Successful Graduates. And I was thinking about this and, you know, thinking of how the best way I could, could give what was in my heart and was on my mind back to these students as they get ready to, to venture out to go to college, to start adulthood, maybe in the workforce or whatever the Lord has instilled in them. And so making it through 12 years of high school or 16 years, including college, involves facing some real challenges. And as we can all testify, making it through life will include continuous encounters with challenges that we must meet. But the wonderful thing about confronting these numerous challenges is that we can face them with some victories already under our belt. And I want to talk about some of these things that we can have already under our belt and the things that we can face and have these guidelines that God instills in us through his word to make us successful. As I said up before you, I was telling in the first service, uh, the good thing about having two services is the first one you get to, you know, mess up a lot of times. And when you get ready to come for the second one, you, hey, you know, this don't work. This don't work. Eliminate this and realize that probably in the second service, you're going to have less time than you did in the first service. And so, like I said, I will try my best to, to make it very quick so we can get, here, get out on time. But when I stand before adults, I'm a student minister. I can stand in front of a room full of students and not get nervous, not get worried about anything. But I stand before a congregation of adults, I stand before adults and talk to them. My hands get sweaty. I start sweating. Uh, at least I got to shed the coat in this service. You know, my heart starts, you know, beating really, really fast. And so I can relate to these students as they're getting ready to, some of them have probably already experienced with graduating, but as they get ready to graduate this upcoming week is, I remember when I was in high school, I was excited that day. And then once we got on that field and we started walking across the field and we were sitting down, I was like nervous because I was like, I hope when I get up and they announce my name to get my diploma, I hope I don't trip over something, you know, you know, walking up or even better tripping over my feet when I walk down, you know, all this stuff going on, you get nervous. But the reason why we get nervous is fear sets in. And that's the first component of, of how to be successful that we need to overcome. 
The first thing is to, we need to learn to face our fears. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, if you want to turn with me, you can. If not, it'll be on the slide. But it says, Paul is speaking to a young Timothy. The cool thing I like about this is most scholars and theologians think that Timothy was the age of these graduating seniors. Could you imagine... Being a teenager or a real young adult and being given the task to lead a church. Let's use our church for an example. These students given the task, God telling them, you know what? I want you to go and lead these people. It's a huge task. And the reason why Paul wrote this letter to young Timothy was to give him some encouragement. And this is what he says to him in verse 7. It says, For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. See, the Bible is full of fear nots. And as I was telling, saying in the first service, being through, through college and, and seminary, if I remember correctly, there are 365 fear nots in the Bible. I do not think that's mere coincidence. Our God knows what he's doing. Because there's 365 of those in the Bible and there's 365 days in a year. And that gives us a fear not for each day. That's how we can face life as graduates, but also face life as believers, as adults. And as teenagers, is by facing our fears. See, Timothy was a young pastor at the church of Ephesus, and the Apostle Paul was his mentor. And we all know Paul's background. Paul encouraged Timothy in the first letter to not let others or other things intimidate him because of his age. Timothy was afraid of being inadequate. As a young pastor. And I'm sure these graduates, especially the ones graduating high school, they're going to feel a little inadequate as they go onto the campuses and they, you know, take classes that they may have never taken before. They may have, uh, may have teachers and professors that challenge them to think, but most of all, they're going to challenge them on what they believe. And how do we be successful in the things that we set our life towards? We must face our fears. Master Cato explains it the best. He says, fear doesn't want you to make the journey to the mountain. If he can rattle you enough, fear will persuade you to take your eyes off the peaks and settle for a dull existence in the flatlands. That's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to focus on our fear because if we focus on our fear, then we forget about focusing on Christ and what Christ can do and what he'd done for us on the cross. And the strength that he can give us to overcome anything that's in our, our path. The next thing we have that is a guideline for success is we must forget our failures. You must forget your failures. Philippians 3 verses 12 through 14 says this. And this is Paul speaking as he's, as he's in prison. He says, not that I have already obtained all this or I have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold for me. 
Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. Heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forgetting our failures. I look back in my life at some of the things that I had hopes and I had dreams. And I look back and I was thinking, you know, if I would have quit after that first time I failed, I don't think I would be the person that I am today. I think about when I started early in, in student ministry. I'd done some things right. I'd done a lot of things wrong. But you learn from your failures. You use that. Give it to God and allow Him to mold and make you into who you are so you can still, as Paul said, even though he was in prison, even though he was in prison, he said, you know what? I'm still going to strive towards that goal. Students and adults, I challenge you to strive towards that goal. Do not allow your past to define who you are. I was talking with someone between services, and this came to mind. And you cannot control what you're born into. But you can control whether or not you stay that way. In the same situation that we are. Before we knew, you come to know Christ, there's probably a lot of things we may have done wrong. Sin was prominent in our life. Sin had control. It blinded us. It controlled our thoughts. But when we gave our life to Christ, and we serve Him and allow Him to be Lord, boss of our life, the Bible clearly states that the old things are passed away. We are a new creation. Our failures do not need to define who we are. And that's what Paul was trying to explain. Paul makes two implications in this statement. He says, one, he refuses to allow failures to become destructive in his life. We know Paul's story. He persecuted the church. He dealt with things many times, a thorn in the flesh, that the Bible speaks about. There's different things that people think that pertain to. But God reminded him, you know what, Paul? Quit dwelling on it. Realize that my grace is sufficient for you. The second thing is he refuses to allow failures to beset his journey to his goal. Paul's goal was to get to Rome, to get to Caesar, to tell him in the fact that he may, if he could get and explain him what Christ has done for him, that maybe he could turn him to Christ. If you turn him to Christ in a whole country, a whole nation, a whole empire would come to know Christ. See, what the secret is, is he put his past behind him and, and was determined to have a positive mental attitude in life. See, we've got to realize there will be failures. None of us are perfect, and the only ones who never do anything wrong are the ones who never do anything. It's not a matter of if you will fail, but we have to realize, but when. And when we fail, we must learn from it and then put it behind us. We must never allow failure to make us quit trying. And lastly, 
I talked about we must face our fear. We must put our failures behind us by forgetting them. But lastly, we must follow our faith. And that's the most important. The graduates, as you get ready to go to college, like I said, you're going to be, depending on the school you go to, you're going to be challenged sometimes in the classes that you take by the things that some professors believe and think. They're not going to believe and think the same way you do. Hold strong to what you have. Hold strong to your relationship in Christ. Hold strong to what His Word says to you. Hebrews 12, 1-3 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, before him, he endured the cross, scoring its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And what Paul is explaining here is, when you go off to college, yes, you're going to be away from friends. You're going to have to make new friends. You're going to be away from family. But there's one thing that you will not ever be separated because he said he would never leave you or forsake you. The same way as we as adults have to realize the things that we go through, the trials, the tribulations, whatever we have in our life, we have to realize if we have Christ, he would never leave or forsake us. We have to realize. We think sometimes he, he leaves us. No, he's right where we leave him. We're the ones that walk away. But we want to be successful in our life. And you want to be successful as, as graduates. We have to remember these things of overcoming our fear and not allowing Satan to rob us of our joy in Christ. We have to realize we're going to mess up. But we have to realize we, don't, not, to, we have to realize not to allow those failures to define who we are. And lastly, we need to follow our faith. And what I mean by that is either... We believe what his word says and we believe what this commitment we have made to him or we don't. For most of you that I've got to know, you've given your life to Christ and you love him with all your heart, mind, and soul. And I pray that you continue to do that through your years. Congregation, pray for, as I said before, pray for these students. Pray for them that they will continue to live their faith out loud in a world that says it's not popular to do so. Whether they're in college or they're on the workforce. Some of you already, you know, have faced some of the things that I'm talking about. That's why I said, you adults, this applies to us also. These are good guidelines to follow. And in closing, we must face our fears. We must forget our failures. And we must follow our faith. We just can't pass on this opportunity. And I can't pass on this opportunity to invite you to make sure everything is where it needs to be between you and the Savior who is willing to go to the cross and die for us. As we move through these important things in our life. These are important things and times in the students' lives. It's important times in the lives of, of parents because some of you, you know, your baby may be growing up and 
gone. I remember when I graduated and I was the baby of the family. And my mother did not want me growing up. Because she would all say, you're my baby. (laughs) It's hard to believe I was small. But uh, the thing is, we're all at some point in our life going to face important decisions. And as long as we allow Christ to define those decisions, we can never fail. I want to leave you with one thing. One of my students wrote this. And she's probably going to kill her mother once I read this. But I think it sums everything up. Being here. There is no way to describe the feelings of senior year. The pressure is like a boulder, but the freedom is like a bird. I'm ready to go, but not ready to leave. I'm ready to say hello, but not ready to say goodbye. May is here now, and the 22nd is fast approaching. Everything is falling into place. Like a puzzle piece by piece. Now is the time to sit back and watch the picture being created. To stop worrying about finding all the right pieces and their place in the puzzle. Because my puzzle has already been solved by God who only chooses the puzzles with the prettiest pictures to build. That sums it up. Because what it says is, quit worrying about things. Put it into God's hands. God knows what he's doing. I told some of the ones this morning that this message, the first part of it was for me because I said I have a fear of speaking in front of adults a lot of times. But because one of those reasons was sometimes I feel inadequate. I feel okay speaking to students, but not speaking to adults. And I think back of how one of these things that I overcome, how one way I overcame this, I had a student tell me this. said, Jason, if you weren't, you know, good enough to do this, God would not have called you to do it. He wouldn't have put that calling on your life to stand before students, to stand before adults and say, you know what? There's a God out there that loves you no matter what. And I'm here to tell you, You may be one of these people that is facing some of the same things we just talked about, that you're allowing your fears to define you. You you focus on your failures. And you may not have never known what faith is. You've never given your life to Jesus Christ. But I'm here to tell you that today can be that day. This day can be the day of salvation for you. The only thing you have to do is be willing to step out on faith and take that step and give your life to Christ. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. I thank you for these students that have graduated high school. I thank you for the ones that have graduated from college. And Lord, I pray you guide them. You be with them. You show them the plan and purposes you have for them, Father. I thank you for them. I thank you for their parents. I thank you for the grandparents. I thank you for the church, Lord, that has taught them the way, Father. And now is the time that they come and they're 
get ready to be separated from that security blanket, Father. And I pray that they continue to seek you out in everything they do. We ask this all in Christ's name.